Well, hello everyone. This is Coach Junker of South St. Paul Girls Basketball. As always, I'm joined by South St. Paul Boys Basketball Coach Matthew McAllister, and you are listening to the In-Season Podcast, where every week, Coach Mack and myself pull back the curtain of our programs and discuss the day-to-day, week-to-week, and long-term process of building a competitive basketball program. Thank you so much for listening, and without further ado, here is this week's episode. All right, fans, uh, basketball enthusiasts alike, it's time for another episode of the In-Season Podcast. This is Coach Shunker, joined as always with Coach Mack to talk about this past week's uh, moments, games, uh, and to kind of talk about just what happened this week in hoops. Uh, Coach, how you doing? Doing well. Um, working on staying warm. Um, you know, I, as I walked into school today, I had to remind myself we voluntarily choose to live here in this, uh, for anybody listening around, it was about minus 20 in, in my car reading this morning. So, uh, still working on staying warm, but, uh, luckily the one thing I always, uh, study myself with is that it's 75 and, and, and clear in the gym every day. It's one thing that helps pass these winter months is, uh, knowing that you can always bank on what the temperature is going to be in the gym most of the time, right. uh, most <laughs> of the true. time. Uh, but how, how you doing coach and, uh, just getting right into it, like what what are you feeling uh, basketball wise after another week of hoops as we continue to move on with this season? It's it's obviously proved interesting, but now it, it right now it seems like it's about basketball, and for you, like basketball is going really well. It is, um, and we're very fortunate. And and uh, the for people that follow high school basketball in Minnesota, the the hoop czar is kind of a big name in the, in the media, and he just put out a his midseason kind of look at every conference, uh, at least in the Metro, um, and made a great, great point. I mean, we've been able to play eight conference games and have only had one moved and every game that we've had or are having moved has not been canceled. It's just been postponed. So we've been very fortunate. Um, we play, I think at least two more, uh, conference games than everybody else in the conference. And we've been so fortunate. We've had a couple of, of bumps in the road, COVID related, but, um, just really truly grateful that we've had the season that we've had and have been able to have it in such a bizarre time um, and it's a testament one to our kids for doing the right thing staying safe um, taking taking all of this seriously and two just a, a bit of luck you know some a lot of that as you know from your program is out of control um, and um, we just have not uh, not run into to that as much as other teams so truly grateful um, for a lot of those things and certainly I'm excited to to recap our week, but I know um, going into the week, you guys had some pretty big opportunities in front of you guys. Um, talk about what happened and how it went, and and where where you guys are sitting now after this this part. Well, you bring up a great, just great thought, and sometimes thinking about COVID, like sometimes the ball is going to break your way, and sometimes it doesn't. Obviously, to start the season, like the ball didn't break our way the way we wanted it to. But you know you've had some good fortune and and some luck that you've been able to to navigate the front part of the season and just be able to enjoy what's been in front of you. Correct. For for us this week was was a huge week in in a few ways. If we're looking at the landscape of our conference and you're looking at who's in front of you, like we played the two teams that are at the top, Hill Murray, Monomedi. Both of them are basically interchangeable in just about any ranking that you're looking at in 3A, around that two to three to four mark. And they're very, very good teams and programs. And you know, for us, we looked at this week saying like if we're using the measuring stick of where we want to be and who we want to compete against, like this is it. And you know, you've mentioned kind of the same with someone like Mark Klingsborn and being kind of an institution of a conference. Well, Aaron Herman, who's been at Hill Murray for, for a long time is like that measuring stick, not just the program that she runs, but like her as a person, as a coach, uh, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't like idolize her and who she is and what she is for that, that program. Like that's what I want to be. And I have a ton of respect for her. So to get a chance to play her and that team, like you always want to know where you stack up. And uh, the reality was is that once the once the ball was tipped, we kind of got a great lesson in where we where we need to get to. And it wasn't that we're not stacking up. 
talent wise. It's just the lesson that we learned walking out of that game, which was not close for, I'd say three quarters of it was that if we're going to be as good as we want to be, we have to be committed to being who we are every possession the way that Hill Murray does because they don't change who they are. They run the same things. It's not a secret, but they are just so committed to executing who they are every single possession that they're going to they're going to wear anybody down and they're just going to outlast people because they know who they are unquestionably and they're not going to deviate. Uh, if we look at what happened to us, when things got really tough, we tried to change what we do instead of committing to committing to those details and adjusting. Not changing, but just adjusting. Mm-hmm. And we had two practices to respond, and we came out against Monomedi, who's just as talented and just as competitive as Hill Murray in the landscape of our, our class. And we ended up having a phenomenal game. We had a chance to... To have a win close, it was it was competitive all the way through. We were up at halftime, and the only difference was is that we decided to commit to the three things that we're about on offense and the three things that we're about to on defense and just hammer that every single possession. And the results in the, the feel of those two games, utterly different. <laughs> Which is fun to see, right? I remember as a, as a young coach, at, at head coach at Breck, we would go up against De La Salle every, every year, twice a year. And again, talk about a, an institutional program, De La Salle with Dave Thorson and all the, the tradition and history. And God, we would just get smacked every time. And it was, as a young coach, tough for us to get over the hump, even mentally. It wasn't until year three that we started to say, okay, we can compete with these guys. We, and we still lost by 20, but it was, the, the like you said, the feel of it was so different. And, and it's as I look back and reflect, it's probably me not doing a great job of teaching through it, right? And, and committing, as you said, to being who you are. It's like, okay, how can we manage this game against De La Salle to make it look okay in the scorebook and just kind of get through it rather than taking it as a as a learning tool? And, and I think as a young coach, that's one of the one of the, the harder things you can do. And it sounds like you guys did a, a great job of it as the results showed throughout the week. Well, and I would be lying to say that I wasn't vastly outcoached on Tuesday. Um, and a lot of that happens before the game starts and just in preparation and what, what are you communicating and what are you prioritizing? And for me, uh, walking away from how we felt on Tuesday night after dropping a, a pretty big game and not playing the way that we wanted to, I told you and I told a number of people, it's like this this could be the best thing that ever happened to us. Losing a game, losing a game by 35 plus, it it's only a negative if we let it be. It could be the thing that changes our season for the better. And uh, that was a wake-up call for me to say, like, what am I going to do to help this group get to where we believe that they can be and to help them have enough tools to do it? And so just going back to the drawing board and saying what's what needs to be prioritized helped me in a big way. And Sometimes you need those those hard gut punches to to kind of wake you up a little bit, and it was it was awesome. Uh, but you talking about you know those experiences and climbing the ladder, where you're at right now, we've had conversations every week, and it's the results have usually been the same. It's right now you're kind of just rolling, and you've been playing some good opponents, and you've been playing really really well, and for you as a coach, you've been trying to climb this ladder to get to a point where you have an opportunity that's in front of you right now. But in your own growth, it it hasn't always been easy. Like this season is special uh, and is an exception to what most teams experience. It it doesn't happen overnight. Even though you know, if you're thinking about the publicity that you got this week and Mike Mac, you know Mike Max talking about how in two seasons you go from being you know a bottom five QRF team to being a top five. No matter what people think from the outside looking in, it doesn't happen overnight. So for you as a coach to help you get to this point, to get the team to this point, like what have been some of those moments that have helped you discover who you are and, and kind of change the trajectory of your, of your path? Uh, well, first of all, thank you. this has been an awesome season. Our kid, I mean, I, I told our wife, we told my wife, um, Thursday after practice when I went home I'm like it's just such a joy and I don't want to 
ever lose sight of that. I mean, because I get wrapped up in, oh my God, what if what if we don't do this against Matamidi or we should have outscored Hill Murray by more. We weren't as locked in as I wanted in the second half. And, you know, I nitpick everything. And um, but I'm like, man, this is really cool. And and more importantly, you know, our guys are just awesome. You know, I just, I just enjoy being around them. And, and, and I haven't always said that because it's not always true, right? And we all, even some of our teams that we win on aren't always fun to be around. Um, and you kind of find joy in them. But this season, man, it's been, it's been awesome. Um, the, to your point in terms of, of growing and, and learning, it is, it, it is progress and it's not linear, right? Progress is never linear. It's, it's peaks and valleys. You just hope that the trend line continues to go up. I remember after late in our second year at, at Breck, so I was a head coach at Breck. I was young, so I was probably right around um, 30 at the time because I, I got the Breck job when I was 28. Um, and we were sitting after a game. First year at Breck, we won 12 games. We won 12 and 17. Next year, we won 11. So a slight decline. And, and coming from working with Coach McKenzie, being a college coach, I just knew that we were going to be successful, right? Like, this is just what we do. Like, this is almost a birthright. I'm on the staff, <laughs> so we're going to be successful. And having two non-winning seasons to start your career, I'm like, man, this is not what I envisioned. Holy cow. And we would always, <clears throat> at the time after after games, we would always go out to a, a local bar called JJ's Clubhouse. Um, and I remember sitting there, we sat on a napkin, as cliche as it is, and we wrote down next year's lineup. And it was my wife and Coach Foreman and Coach Priestley, who are still with me today. And I looked at it and I said, man, I don't know that we're going to do this. I don't know that we're going to be, that maybe this isn't for me. Like, And, and I verbalized that. I said, maybe I'm not, a, maybe I am just an assistant. I, looking at the at the roster, kind of the two deep, I'm like, I don't, I don't see many more wins next year. And my wife is so supportive and doesn't often verbalize things. And she said, I've never heard you talk. That's not you. Stop. Like, and then I said, okay, well, how do we fix it? Do we get better players? I said, how about you love the players you have, figure out what you need to do to make them better and do it. And, and it was such a eye-opening moment. Um, these were back in our party days. So it was probably about three or four beers in. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like, holy cow. And I slept on that and I'll never forget it. We just, I, I remember the, the high top table we were at when she said it. Um, and I did that. And it changed. Like I, I was trying to be a coach who I wasn't. I was trying to be Coach McKenzie. I was trying to look for ways that we won in different uh, different stops we had, rather than focusing on what we needed to do, what I needed to do to be, to be the best version of me as a coach, and what we needed to do um, at at this program with these young men to make them better and put them in a position. And I committed to doing that. I didn't. I didn't look at other jobs. I didn't. You know. Um, and at that point, actually, uh, Minneapolis Patrick Henry came open and Tracy and I were on vacation and we talked about it like, oh my God, like, this is our opportunity to go back to where it all started and, and rebuild the legacy of Coach McKenzie. I'm like, no, we, we have a job that's good. Let's, let's work on this job. Let's figure out this job and, and have success here before we start, you know, because as soon as we start that trend of, okay, let's jump to something better, something better, something better. That's just the wrong mindset. It's something we teach our young men, like. As things get hard, don't look for it out. Look for a way to improve the situation you're in. And that third year, we won 19 games and went to the section finals. And, and it truly was just that mindset, mindset, mindset shift from us that helped our young men realize their potential. We gave them the love that they needed and, and the care and, and, and poured our energy into that. And there was another time at St. Croix Prep where, again, we were around 500 um, and, and doing we were transitioning from 1A to 2A and you know, not having the success I wanted. Minneapolis Edison came open and I'm like, same thing. I'm like, man, I just, I want to work with, with, um, inner city kids and I want to do that. And Tracy's like, but the job you have is here. These young men need your love too. And it was just, it was always her kind of regrounding me as to why we're doing this. And since those moments, I've never lost sight of why we're doing it. And just the belief in always kind of going back to, okay, we're being of service to these young men. As long as we keep that in the forefront, the results are going to happen. And then when things coalesce like they have this year, you just kind of sit back and smile while continuing to push and say, man, this is pretty awesome. You bring up an awesome thing that just kind of radiates about your your approach and like your philosophy. And it's something that I appreciate and admire a ton is uh, it is 
the basketball stuff is going to take care of itself. You have a wonderful staff that each one of them helps bring something to the table, but it's your approach to people that helps your programs get to where they are and become what they they do. And one of the things that I loved about what was highlighted this week for you guys is just that that piece. And if you're looking at a group that was so hungry to experience success, but just to experience somebody that was there for them, um, that piece of it is maybe the most important reason why you guys are sitting where you are right now is you gave them a vision, but you gave them the the presence of somebody that's invested in them and uh, they have responded so well to that and responded by leaning into each other and success and positivity breeds on itself right and it just seems like you guys have just taken a step forward and forward and have leaned in further to that that vision i think so right it, it just it, you you feel it and it's something you can't quantify and i think maybe two podcasts ago we talked about the moment you think you have it you don't have it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to keep working on that. But one thing we talked about before the Matavida game was trust. And I don't ever like to talk about trust um, because it's something you have to feel. And it's something that you, I, I always worry about. And even as a young coach, I, I probably said it a couple of times. You got to trust me on this. Well, why should they, right? So trust is something that you should be able to look back and say, okay, you see all these things that happen. That's why you, why, why you can trust in us. And we talked about that and, and it takes a while to build and, um, it's continuing to, to do, uh, you know, one of my favorite, favorite sayings is just the drops in the bucket. Trust is not something that's built with big gestures. You know, we had Valentine's day yesterday. Love isn't built on, on a big gesture on Valentine's day. It's the small little things over time. If, if I tell a young man, I'm going to pick him up for practice at, at 445, I'm going to be there at 442. And he's never going to wait and question for that. Mm. And if we, if I say we're going to get shots on this day, or we're going to, you know, have something in the paper on this day. It, it happens. Or if we're going to go on a college visit, I took some of the young men on college visits. When I tell them it happens, it's going to happen. There's follow through. And I think all of that just kind of, kind of goes into that. And, you know, if I, if they have an AAU game and I text them, I say, Hey, what time? I'm going to be there. I don't even have to tell them I'm going to be there. They know if I'm asking, I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. And those are the times that then when we ask them to do things hard or we have to coach them a little bit harder or get after them, they understand that what the whole purpose is, the bigger picture of all this. And that's when things are really happening. And, and, you know, and I've had some coaches ask, you know, how do you do that? I said, the only way to do it is be authentic and then follow through on what you say you're going to do. There's no other, there's no drill. There's no magic recipe. There's no magic bullet. And you can't cookie cutter that with with young men. No, certainly cannot. Or young people in general, people, period. People in general. Not just young people. It's, it's with your spouse, with your kids, with anything. It's, it's just that that commitment to doing the next right thing. Doing the next right thing. If we're thinking about the mentality that we had between Tuesday and Friday, it was just, well, one, I clearly had, I had multiple conversations where I said, you have to trust me on this. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you, you just need to remind what we're doing and what we're about. And we have to be committed to that. That was step one. But then two, just having that sense of purpose as a collective group and having that unification that you're that is built upon trust. You can't we can't uh and the, the analogy that I use this week is if we're talking about preparing for a game or we're preparing for these moments like if we were rehearsing for a play and you've got your lines, I've got my lines, and we just have to be committed to hitting those lines as perfect as possible, that's how things are gonna look good. But as soon as you want to go off script and as soon as you change an ad lib, how am I supposed to start? How am I supposed to say my lines if they don't match up with yours? And when we got to Friday's game, everybody was hitting their lines uh, for a good chunk of the game. And that was it's all a mentality. It's all an approach. But the foundation is like the trust of one another and the relationships that you have to know that as soon as I do this, that person's going to be there for me. And that manifests itself on the court, manifests itself off the court. And um, the response that we saw between games is something that hopefully is a, is a lesson for us going forward in the same way some of your experiences in the past have been. Which is what it's all about, right? The growth, the learning, the process, the journey, um, and taking notes. You can't just 
let it happen. Win, lose, or draw, you got to learn from it. And okay, how do we how do we either maximize this? How do we make sure this never happens again? How do we use this as a tool? Um, it all goes into it. And I, and I think again, the, and this is one thing that I, I I personally harp on with young people. I saw on Twitter somebody said, "I'm a young coach. What clinics do I need to go to to learn? I want to learn everything." And I just think how how misguided that can be because you don't want to learn everything from a basketball set, from an X's and O's play. You have to learn people and then you have to find your system and sell it. That's what, to me, what program building is about because we miss the forest for the trees when we just focus on basketball when we're dealing with young men. That's our, our for us is, is our number one goal. We have to, without their buy-in and, and without them um, believing in you, it doesn't matter what you know. Or what you can, even what you can communicate, it, it won't matter until you get that that type of buy-in. Speaking of buy-in, and speaking of your young men, pretty big game this past Friday uh, against a very worthy conference opponent that is is pretty competitive. As much as you and me can go back and forth and talking about the human side of coaching, which is so important to all of us. As far as the game side, I think people also want to hear about the game and how that went. So would you mind kind of just sharing what that looked like? Because a lot of hype around around that matchup on Friday. Absolutely. It, 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 there is a, a very human element to our whole week. We had uh, Hill Murray on Tuesday and then uh, Matamidai on Friday. And I knew it was coming. The Star Tribune was going to make Matamidai and, and, and us or uh, prep who uh, Minnesota Basketball Hub was going to make Matamidai and, and us the feature game of the week. I was hoping that would come out after our game on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, they had done an interview the week before. Well, that came out on Monday. And so as a coaching staff, I think, okay, we still have a game on Tuesday that we have to prepare for. If you look at the rankings and where they've been previously, Hilmer is not at the top of the heap. As we did, we wanted our guys, we kind of use it as a, as a lesson then, like, hey, we've got to lock in and still be the best version of us today. Just because we can get away with doing things that we wouldn't be able to do against Tartan and Hill Murray doesn't mean we should do them. And for the most part, our guys locked in and, and played really hard. We were up 14 to nothing and up 40 to 15 at one point. And then kind of then that's when the mental, yep. we, we let down and the game became closer. And um, Never in doubt, but the Hill Murray guys played hard um, throughout and, um, we didn't finish it the way that I would hope, but still we're locked in and understanding the mentality of a 16 to, to 18 year old man. Yep. They're already looking at Friday. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think before the game, they were looking at Friday as much as we tried to, to curb that. Um, and then Friday was the big one. I mean, Matamita was undefeated and, and they have a, a young backcourt, a couple of sophomores who are really talented and putting up some points and, um, Matamida has been really good in our conference. They've they've been to state recently and and have had Division One players, and so it was a big game. And our our guys, you know, we we talked about it. So Mike Max came in and filmed on Wednesday, so everybody was on point on that day, and we were giving effort, and it was it was a very good practice. And then Thursday we went hard again, and um, I talked to to our, our captain, senior captain Marquise, after the game. I said, or after I'm sorry, after practice Thursday, I said, Marquise, where are we at? He said, Coach, we're locked in. We want to make a statement. I said, okay, let's go make one. Um, and I could feel it. Like our shoot around on Friday, we have a, about an hour shoot around and our guys were locked in. Everybody was there early. It was it was just kind of everything you want to see. And I knew right then. And then after shoot around, we let them go have dinner and, and hang out as a group. And then we get ready. And they said, Coach, can we watch some more film between shoot around and, and the game? I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course, let's go. And they were pointing things out and seeing things that, that they had saw on film. I, I just, I knew we were locked in. I didn't need to do much. It was, it was, they were there. I didn't need to, to pump them up. And, um, and they came out and locked in. It, it was the best defensive pressure and the most sound we had been in our assignments all year. I mean, even, even more so than Tartan. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were up eight to two and, and I think it was around 20 at half and it just never got below that. It, and it was fun to see in that, unlike big games we had against Hastings and Simley, where it was close, and then all of a sudden it was one kind of opened up. Yeah, where you know it went from a, you know, with Hastings a ten point game to a forty point game, like almost it felt like a, a blink of an eye. And Simley almost the same way in the second half. This was just a slow build. We just stayed sound and stayed competitive. And 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 you know the few times that Matamida did some some things well and you know they played hard but and they're young kids 
I don't think we're used to that type of pressure that we were putting on them. But the things that when, when they did well, our guys picked each other up. Nobody pointed fingers. Nobody got mad. We came back to the huddle. Now, it was easy because it never got below single digits, you know, so it was easy for them to stick together. But just seeing that and seeing the encouragement and, um, you know, at halftime, they're like, you know, it's it's not over. We we have to continue to – we want to make a statement. We want to send send the message. And Marquise said it was part of the clip from Mike Max. Um, he told me later that was clipped out. He talked about the difference between being the prey and the predator, and that's kind of the mindset that he wants our guys to have, mm-hmm. which is which is really fun to see. Um, so yeah, it was for once it was more defensive pressure than our offense. Um, Marquise had thirty points and twenty of them were on layups because we were getting defensive pressure mm-hmm. and, and doing those things, and it wasn't just the free flowing offense that we've had in some of the other games, which was fun to see us being able to win a good uh, uh, test in a different way. And we, we've talked for multiple weeks about how somebody like Marquise does a lot of things for your team. And you'd kind of been telling me like he's, he's due to have one of these types of games and the things that he does well, doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be that guy that scores 30 points, but it just, speaks to your group and like how you've got multiple guys that on any night can be that guy depending on the flow of the game and talking about being locked in I know that somebody like Marquise just a game like that and knowing what he's been through and his journey as a player and just the spectrum of his experience you know these moments really matter to him very much it's fun to have him one he's just so mature and so um, in tune with what's happened and and like you said appreciates the journey that he's been on from where he was and, and the success he's had in football and in other sports and for it not to be there in basketball initially and then to see how it change and um, he is he's kind of uh, uh, there's been a number of alumni who were basketball people but weren't on good basketball teams at South St. Paul mm-hmm. who all know Marquise he's kind of the you know, when, when they were in high school, some guys that are in college or just graduated college have talked to me. And when they were doing basketball camps, Marquise was like the one coming up that everybody gravitated towards because he smiles and he was always mature. And they just, everybody's so excited that he's able to be kind of the face of this, you know, even though, you know, Alonzo is the one that gets all the, the publicity. And he had a triple double against Matamita. I mean, he's just awesome. He <laughs> just makes a goal. low key, just right? triple <laughs> double. Um, it, it's, it's amazing to watch. And, you know, uh, Devin comes in and he's so talented, but Marquise is kind of that that smiling, mature face to it with, with the people that have been around our program. They know what he's been through and, and everybody's just so happy for, for him and, and the success he's been able to experience. Talking about other things that you saw this week, Coach, as far as acknowledgments or things that stuck out to you, I mean, we mentioned Marquise and we've mentioned him on previous episodes, but is there anything else from your team that stuck out that you want to acknowledge this week? Yeah, Um so we have two twins who are on our roster, uh, Ramonte and Ramon Trehorn, both high-level athletes, both really good football players. Um, last year as sophomores, Ramonte um, really bought into his role and has became a starter and a fixture for us, and he's been awesome. And Ramon Trey has kind of laid behind, and he's he's the better football player. And he's always there, and he's in our rotation, but he hasn't hasn't taken that next step the way Ramonte has. Um, this week there was something about it. He was more locked in and, and he goes so fast and so hard all the time. And he, he's one of the few guys in my career who I've actually had to slow down, right? Like he's just processing too fast to the point where he's so locked in on his player that he forgets that he's one of five. He's like, I'm going to stop my guy. And that's what, what, what I'm going to do. Well, we switch all ball screens. You don't need to fight through that hard. Like just take a step back, relax. Um, and this week he did it, and to the point where his practices were awesome. And we put him in the starting lineup on Friday of, uh, against Matamidi. So we put the two twins, Ramonte and Ramontre, on the on the Matamidi backcourt. And we just, just kind of let him loose to get after him, make him uncomfortable. Well, and a coaching decision to, to kind of stack the odds in your favor in you talking about how great of a defensive performance it was, like that obviously must have been – part of setting that tone it was uh, you know one of their one of the two of their backcourt averages about 17 he had one point um, and worked so hard 
to get every shot that he got. Um, and, and it's a testament to, to their ball pressure. But Vermont, and so I told them before the game, I said, hey, look, at the adrenaline is going to be flowing. This is your first start for us. Play within yourself. Let the game come to you. And he did. He, he finished layups. He had a career high 10 points. But the defense, the lock-in, and to me, just the buy-in is almost the, that light flip or light switch flip for him this week as it did for his brother last year. Like, oh, man, if I just listen, slow myself down for a second and harness my energy, man, we could use it for good. And this is how it fits into the bigger picture. And seeing that and having him be so key to our victory on, on Friday was pretty pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. How about you guys? This week, um, you know, we had – one person that comes to mind is our one of our senior captains, Melody Pagorski, who I I've had multiple conversations with these last two weeks because she always comes in so focused and locked in and it just is so in sync with just her role. Um if we're thinking about her position for our offense, like we call it a lock, but it's basically like your three and D wing. Um, and she is like the poster child for what every girl needs to be. But I don't spend a lot of time talking about it because it's just an automatic. And sometimes you forget uh, or overlook things because it's just, it's almost uh, predictable, right? And she hadn't had the, the greatest of performances but her approach has always been the same. And the one thing that we constantly are trying to reinforce is, is like, you can't doubt yourself because of result. You have to trust yourself because of the process that you're like the process that you're going through. And she came out after we all struggled on Tuesday and had a phenomenal game for us on Friday with 21 points, but just some hustle plays that the only way that you make them is if you're giving everything you have like chase down blocks from a weak side out of position where the only way you're going to make it to that rotation is if you're using all of your athletic abilities to get to just get to the spot, not necessarily to make the play, but just to get there is a feed in of itself. And those things popped out to me on film. And it's just one of those things that I don't praise her enough for just how much she gives to our group because it's, it's, it's always there, right? that doesn't make it any less special. And so just to see her have a career night and score 21 and like help, help catapult our level of play to where we're competing against a top five team in, in, in our class, that has to be the standard moving forward and not, not that you give pressure, but it's like, that's just what you're capable of. And I don't want you to ever forget it. Which is awesome. And a, and a good coaching point too, right? Like we've spent so much time trying to get, players to where they're supposed to be or where we think they're supposed to be or to buy into their roles. The ones that do, we're like, okay, they're good. Let's just let them be. And I know for myself, it's, man, I completely forget sometimes to talk about Ramonte because he's so perfect in his role and has just accepted it and bought in. Like, I don't even think about him, right? Because I don't have to. But I know that he still needs to hear that. He needs that positive reinforcement. So it sounds like you have that same situation where it's like, man, we still have to recognize these, these players who – we're just so happy with, right? It's almost the the biblical story of the prodigal son. It's <laughs> you, you, the one who comes back who messed up. We give this big feast for but the one who was here the whole time. We forget about, right? It's it's we have to give them praise too, which is which is pretty cool to hear from your side. A great week for it, Coach. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the outlook for this upcoming week and what we're trying to prepare for and taking one step forward as we continue on through our seasons. Awesome. All right, coach, we're looking ahead to another week. And if we're thinking about our opponents at this point, it's it's basically, every, you know, it's it's the people that we've played before and every coach that plays their conference schedule, the second time around is always an opportunity to improve, make adjustments and kind of reflect on how the first one went and what are you going to change? What What's the approach the second time around? And it usually ends up being that just about every game ends up being more competitive it's more contested it's closer uh especially when you have as good a coaches as you do in your section let nobody's pulling a fast one on anybody at this point it's 
it's kind of down to the nitty gritty details and looking at your schedule, you've got Sibley this week and Tartan, correct? That is correct. And, you know, as we've went through this podcast, I've been able to kind of even take note of how, how things truly have just broken in our favor in so many ways. This week, it happened again. Um, Henry Sibley had a COVID exposure um, last week or, or however long ago. And so our game on Tuesday was moved to Saturday, which is when they're off of their exposure. Mm-hmm. So instead of playing Sibley on Tuesday and then Tartan on Thursday, we have three days to prepare for Tartan, and then we get Sibley on, on Saturday. Again, just a, a great break for us. Breaks of the game. Right. To, to be able to have three days to prepare for Tartan, which is obviously, I mean, we're, we're one and two in the conference. I think mean, we've talked ad nauseum about how much respect we have for Tartan on this podcast and Coach Klingsporn and the program he runs and, and how it's just, it's the barometer. It's the it's what we aspire to be, the sustained success that he's had. Um, so it's another opportunity for our guys. And, and um, Jim Paulson of the Star Tribune said, you know, how do you keep them motivated after a win over Matamidi and 9-0? and and I said, you know, I, I hate cliches, but this one is true. It's one game at a time because Tartan's next. We're going to have their attention. They're going to be motivated. Um, so we'll we'll do that. And, and this year is the first year that we have a uh, full film exchange with our conference. And I believe you girls uh, on the girls' side as, as well. And like you said, we have really good coaches in our league. And in the past, we always knew that we had a good feel for who was scouting. Everybody scouts, right? But when you have to go to a game – you have a better feel for who does it more and who does it better. And um, Coach Klingsporn is one of the best in the business. I've actually sat by him as he scouted games, and he has a uh, like a, a dictaphone um, that he takes, and he has his own language and his own verbiage. And I mean, it's, it was fascinating to watch. He was, it was. I don't even know if he saw me doing it. We were up in St. Cloud, and he was watching St. Cloud Apollo. Um, and it, you know, it just. I, I look to him as somebody who I respect. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame, so I, I was just kind of watching him. So I know how hard he scouts. Well, this year it's different because everybody has access to everybody's film. Um, and so we've actually backed off a little bit for a number of reasons on the X's and O's that we're doing. One, because talented. Two, I don't want our guys thinking we're playing so fast and so hard. I don't want them overthinking. Right. And then I don't want to for, for teams to be able to say, man, okay, we know what they're going to do here. We know what they're going to do here. If we stop this, if we do that. Right now, it's so free flowing offensively, and and right, we're just we have a little trap in, but it's mainly just pressure man defense, help side, um, get in passing lanes, create turnovers, create chaos, just through effort and intensity and communication. So I, I, I'm afraid to do too much, right, mm-hmm. I, and switch things up. Usually, as we turn, we add some things, and and I, I believe we will um, we'll we'll add some uh, and a, a new out of bounds set. Because everybody has seen that, and that gets a little stale, yep. and we have to do something there. Yep. Um, and, and we may add a couple of different pressures just to, to switch up in the games. But other than that, it, we're kind of in that situation where it's, okay, how do we just continue what we have? Don't don't mess up the apple cart. Don't overcoach here, Matt. This is not about you. This is our guys are doing they're doing it. Why why complicate this for them? Um, so that's kind of where we're at. We're just going to do what we do. Just continue to do it better with a few few new wrinkles and. Um, hopefully we can have some similar results. Well, it, taking a page out of your book, going into the Montemini game last week, uh, obviously we said, here are the three things that we want to do on offense. Here are the three things that we want to do on defense. Mm-hmm. And I didn't call a single set the whole game. It was just, we just have to do, we just have to be us. And we've said that a lot of times, but for me, it was just, we need to define it clear. We need to create the expectation and we need to understand how that translates on the floor and what it looks like. And I know for you guys, like, you know exactly what that's supposed to look like. And uh, it's, it's inherent in your guys's nature. Now, why would you want to change and do something that they're less familiar with, less comfortable with? And there's no way that you could, you can execute with the same type of intensity Right. Why, why, why try and be something else? Completely. And and I was listening to a, I forget if it was Dak Shepard or Brene Brown podcast. So a non-sports related podcast. They had a psychologist on and he was talking about his high school baseball days. And his coach always said, you guys got to play smarter. You guys think the game out there. He's like, no, you don't want anybody thinking. You want them reacting. You want them to be doing naturally what they – the more they think, the more they slow down. I'm like, man, that's so good. I want our – especially with the way we play this year. With 
different teams may be different. Yeah. This team, I don't want I want them playing, pushing, pressuring the whole game. The more we think, the more the more our feet aren't moving, and that's not good for us. Our recipe has been go, just go, and see if people can get, keep up with us. And so far, nine games, they haven't been able to. You talk about breaks of the game, Sibley getting bumped to the Saturday mm-hmm. slot, and then you've got Tartan on Thursday. For us, kind of flipped in that we got Henry Sibley on Tuesday. We're, we postponed our game against Tartan because of a positive exposure, and it's kind of just kind of getting kicked down the road to be determined. But you kind of just have to look at what what can we do now and make the adjustment to figure out how to best use this. Because if we're thinking, not looking ahead, Thursday's a home game against Sibley. We're kind of all hovering in that middle part of the conference. It's wide open in, in the center for just about anybody to step forward. There are realistically four teams that could easily move up or down in that pecking order, and it's going to be the second round of conference that decides it. So you know, we dropped our first game of the season to Sibley, and we're coming out of our own quarantine, and we know that we can do better. And it's a huge win for us if we can if we can execute and we can get the result that we want. Our process today is to take what we did on Friday and we need to recommit to doing that in practice today so that it translates to tomorrow's game. And then it's, well, you got three practices before we have our next game week and then we have two practices, play a Wednesday game and then play a Friday game. This stuff doesn't happen in a normal season. You don't basically get a bye week. So how do we use this to our advantage and help get us to the next level? Well, those are conversations that still need to be had because we still got a game in front of us that we need to focus on, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and that was going to be my question as it sat down. Like, what are you going to do? But it sounds like, do you have an idea? Kind of without fleshing it out, you know, probably going to build it out a little bit. Do you have kind of an overarching idea what you're going to do with that time? How are you going to keep your attention and those types of things? I was probably going to have a couple of phone calls with John Carrier just to see what he's up to, but <laughs> man, talk about a guy that you could pick his brain and, <laughs> and figure it out. And if he doesn't have the answer, he'll know the person who does. Right? He's like my Rolodex for right. He's the connector. Yeah, uh, but no, I think for us, it's right now we're hoping that what we're seeing from last Friday translates, and we just talked about. It. We just need to be consistent. If this is the effort that we're giving, you can play with anybody. You really can. And that's something that we've talked about, something that we believed, but it's something that we hadn't seen yet. And it's really tough to to try and say something's within reach if you've never held it before. And just to kind of have that game play out the way that did on Friday we didn't get the result that we wanted. Obviously you want to have, you want to get the upset, like you want to get a a win, but just to know that if we do what we think we do well and execute that, we can play with anybody. And we've talked about how we're not a perfect team. It, we've got some holes in our, in our lineup that can't be magically filled. There's no, there's nobody that we're getting off the free agent market or uh, off of waivers. It's just not happening. So what do we need to do? to protect ourselves from giving up what we think are things that are weak in our game and how do we absolutely take our strengths to the next level so that you think about the the scale, can we tip the scale enough in our favor? Sure. And, and that's just, that's what we're trying to, that's what our goal is over the next week and a half is can we just tip the scale, scale enough so that it's, people aren't ready for it. It sounds like you got your work cut out, <laughs> which is a good thing. It's why we do it. A quick follow-up question, you know, and you talked about, you know, you'll have time to prepare for um, that time off. You do have the game on Tuesday. As you now look at the turn and you start game planning, how much time do you spend on your first game against Sibley versus Sibley's most recent games in terms of film study and that type of stuff? knowing that it's never 100% of one and 0% of another, where where do you find your balance as you prepare for that Sibley game? Well, if we're previewing our film session at about 3 o'clock today, we've got maybe a dozen plays from last Friday that offensively or defensively just show something that we need them to continue to visualize and 
this is how it's done. You guys did it. Here's what it looks like. And this is how we have to visualize that sequence happening, whether it's a defensive rotation, whether it's offensive ball movement, whether it's a hustle play or a huddle. Like we just have to implant those those visions and moments that we need to replicate and put put their put them in their own shoes again and say, this is what needs to happen. And if we can continue to do this, like good results. We've got five clips from from Sibley, and that's enough. It's just here's what we need to be aware of, here's what's going to happen, and here's how we need to respond to it. Here's our approach. But anything more than that, I think, is a waste of time. Uh, Just going back to what you said, you don't want them overthinking. Mm -hmm. We want them reacting. I think that's enough. I completely agree. I like that approach. If we're thinking about these, these two games, if we were in this season and it was a conventional year, we would have been at this for two and a half months, give or take a lot more games underneath our belt. But if you're thinking about this is basically the start of the sprint, even though it's Val, you know, it's just Valentine's day. It's middle of February. We're going to be playing postseason in, in less than 30 days. Right. It, it's, it's going to get here quick. If you're thinking about obviously wanting to compete and do well against the opponents and that are left on the schedule, uh, we've we've both been knock on wood relatively healthy. Is there anything that you're doing week to week that that changes for you? Do you try and include additional rest? Uh, is there anything that changes in your approach? Knowing hey, like we want to compete, like but we also want to be fresh. We don't want to tire ourselves out. A lot of the discussions we've been having, trying to figure out the the landscape of make trying to make up games is is that once March hits, you can have three game weeks, but there's some pros and cons there. One, you don't want to burn yourself out playing back-to-back three-game weeks leading into sections. You also don't want to expose yourself to other teams right. knowing that what's on the line. Uh, where's the happy medium for you trying to manage the, the rest of the schedule? It's something we talked about, and we it's something we've I, I feel our staff has done a good job of in the past is, is the ramping down. You know, and you have to do so much work on the front end of getting the the effort where you're at, building your identity, building your culture, um, that you can kind of ramp down and take it a little bit easier. Our practices have shortened from the the actual work done in practice is now we're going to be down to about an hour. You know, and I typically never like to go more than 90 minutes because if we're going hard enough from an attention span, from a physical standpoint, that's about how long the game is. We're going to work that hard in practice. We're down to about an hour. We're going to get more shots up. Um, more mental reps, spend more time with the trainer, um, anybody who has nicks or, or bruises. you know. And, and one thing that has, I, I think, will actually help us is with our pod system, we're not able to bring players up to practice harder. So there's practices where somebody has an ankle or have to babysit or what have you. We're down to eight or nine guys. So it limits what we can do and how hard we can go. And it's almost more mental reps knowing that come game time they're going to be going hard and it's just all second nature, um, which is, which is you know, again, helpful, saving me from myself, wanting to go hard every day and, and oh, God, how much, how, how much intensity can we get into this practice? Sometimes, you know, it, kind of like with the film, less is more, especially this time of year. And it's just reminding our guys to be safe, control what we can control, take care of your bodies um, because – you know, we have such a, a unique opportunity. We don't want to, to waste that. And I think it's my job and our job as a coaching staff is to kind of build out our depth a little bit more and use that time, use this time now that we're performing so well with our top eight to kind of build in a buffer for us. If something were to happen to one of these uh, these guys, this is our time to, to do that now. Less is more, right? Uh, sometimes the best coaching is getting out of getting your out player's of way. Yeah. Coach, uh, I I think we're pretty close to time, but as we as we wrap up, um, yeah, I just want to kind of harp on you. Know, you've gotten attention for all the good things that you're doing with your program, and the one thing that I hope that people understand from the coaching side, I think more coaches would understand than maybe fans or, or parents is that. Coaching basketball at the varsity level is not easy and there's just so much at play and success doesn't happen just by chance. Like it's, it's a collection of 
uh, it's a collection of individuals that unite for a common goal. And there's just so much that can get in the way to have something like you have this year is, is really fun for me to be able to watch and kind of be a fly on the wall for and just to see what you're doing. And, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I, I really am excited for your group about and just appreciate having these conversations because uh, right now we're climbing the ladder in our program and knowing what experiences you've been through, it kind of gives, gives us uh, inspiration and, and kind of gives us a goal that we want to, one of the things we talk about all the time is like, hey, we want to get on the same level of boys. And if we can do that, one of the things that we've talked about multiple times is that South St. Paul is going to be known as a basketball school. And I think that's something that has always been a common common vision for us. And it's just awesome to see that hopefully coming to fruition. I completely agree. Thanks for the kind words. I mean, it's, it's just an awesome experience and it's it's so many things um, coming together at the right time with some fortune and luck and young men just doing their thing um, but like you said I, I the the collection the, the south st paul it's um it, it's success is better when it's shared with others and, and you guys are on that same path and like we talked about earlier um success isn't linear it's not a, a you know everybody runs their own race as long as we get to the same line and we're still making progress it's fun to, to be on this journey with you guys and, and seeing you guys build your program. And I had shared with you off off mic that a couple of things came across my um, my perspective where people were complimenting you and taking notice of the program that, that you guys are building. And, and sometimes it can, from the inside, it can be harder to see, but it's, it's happening and, and it's fun to see. Appreciate it, Coach. And I appreciate you listeners. Uh, for those that join us every week, it's been awesome to get your guys' support and feedback, and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Looking forward to hearing from you, Coach Mack, and from you know the rest of our Packer, Packer Nation on uh, this upcoming week. Appreciate you all, and look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, everybody. Well, that about wraps it up for this week, but if you've enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to subscribe and follow SSP Boys and Girls Basketball programs all season long and find me and Coach McAllister on Twitter at SSP Coach Junker and at Coach M Mac. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to everyone that is a part of our SSP Hoops family and community for making our seasons possible. Until next time, this is Coach McAllister and Coach Junker, and we'll catch you next week. Go Packers!